Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's only nine minutes slow. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Is it really? One or two, right. Wow, man, man, no wonder we're so late. <laughs> um, hello, Hockey World. Monday, March 20th, 2017. I'm Michael Ajello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And today we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff because we've got plenty to talk about. Um, but Mike is going to share a funny story to begin the day. And I love setting up that way because now you're destined to fail. But go ahead, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all, I know, all I know is that, you know, I, I, I love covering hockey games and uh, I was up in Toronto on Saturday for the uh, for the game against the, the the Hawks, and it's about a two hour drive from Buffalo to Toronto, and I bought myself a nice blue new blue corduroy jacket. You know that's my that's my thing. The blue cor- I have corduroy jackets, black, gray, brown. Very like of you, I must say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's just it's a good it's a good hockey writer look. <clears throat> it is. Anyway. Got the least thing going on. It's all good. Yeah, and it, it's got the leather pad, the brown leather patch. Really, you got the patches and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then the thing is, I never wear brown shoes. Never. I always wear black shoes. And with this thing, because the patches are brown, I okay, I'll break out my brown shoes, which I've worn like twice in like four years. So I break out the brown shoes, put them on, get in the car, drive up. Unbeknownst to me, these shoes have been they've been sitting in the closet for four years. The glue on the bottom of the shoe <laughs> has dried up, and I step out of the car, remember, 100 miles away from my house, and the bot- the sole of the shoe falls completely off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's raining. It's raining in Toronto, or it's drizzling. So you see it right in the press box there with all the other hooligans. Oh yeah, and, and I'm flop, and I'm flopping. My foot is flopping around like a like a clown foot, you know, like, like a big bird. Oh, that's great. So so I, I find a convenience yeah. store and I I crazy glue the sole. <laughs> on that's what you do. Fantastic. That was that was that was the part part time solution. And I I covered the Marlies game and I had to run to literally run to the the Hudson's Bay company to buy a new pair of shoes. <laughs> So, awesome. so, so those shoes. Four years, I wore them twice. Another I will tell you this, Mike. So you'll feel better. For whatever reason, people now wear the brown shoes with with blue, even though you're not supposed yeah. to. Yeah. You never were supposed to, but they do it now in defiance. So you would have been okay either way. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. No, I think it's. I think it's amazing. Brown shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're talking to a guy who went to um, Atlanta to cover the All Star Game with two black left-footed shoes, like, <laughs> uh, like shoes that I thought were the same, but actually were different shoes. So I had two left-footed shoes when I arrived. That's a real problem. I'm stripping on camera. I'm too hot. Not something you can do. You cannot. Um, well, let's for God's sake, Russ, turn off your camera next time. You do. Um, so now that's something you can't just you just cannot do. 
Yeah, but what were you wearing? Were you wearing sneakers? I was wearing sneakers, but I packed. You know, I was I was flew into Atlanta, so I packed, and I had, you know, so I had to, so I wore sneakers to the game. Yeah, but it was just like it was kind of ridiculous, just completely. And I was it, was it was when I was speaking in front of the Professional Hockey Association about blogging and stuff like that. This is the Atlanta All Star Games. We're talking quite a while ago, yeah. um, when there was a when there even was a team in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, this was this. Yeah. I remember when there was a team there. Oh yeah, actually, um, yeah, that All Star game was I think the first All Star game I covered. Actually, I played the media game at that All Star game. That All Star game was good. I mean, to be honest, it's a good arena. People just didn't it show. Was. I think that was the Tim Thomas All Star game, if I remember mm. right, where he went nuts and yeah, I had a really great game. Phillips Arena, yeah. Should have gotten the MVP for that. All right, so let's get going here. We have. Um, I think we got to start with that. We got to start with what happened this weekend in terms of all the playoff races there. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, think uh, let's start for West Flyers for a second first, Russ, because you had some thoughts on this. The Flyers did maintain, and you know, we just we won't touch on them for long, but we did. They did maintain a chance still. They, they, yeah, you know, they, they had this much chance. And the interesting thing is a few things. I've been bringing up all year that when you're facing teams in front of you and behind you to continue to bleed out that point's not good. They did it again, but they did it in comeback fashion again. So it's hard to say. Well, it's a bad win. It's not a bad win. It's just They've been doing this all year, and it's a, a thing that's not going to help them in the playoffs. But the two big points, Couturier on that on the three-on-three, three, on that goal that's basically set up the Shen goal, this is why you don't trade him. This is why all the crazy people yeah. on Twitter who want him traded because they think he's just a third-line center, you don't trade him. He's a shutdown guy. He'll get you 40, 45 points, but he's one of the smartest, if not the smartest hockey player on that team. And in a sea of minuses on that team, he's a plus. There's a reason for that. No, it's a great point. And the guys that are of course, he's getting strong value. He's, he's been, the fans have been very hard on him. I have a good friend um, out in Winnipeg, and she's an enormous Couturier fan and, and gets really upset with the whole um, concept of, you know, the, of the fans getting on him all the time. And, it, you know, they want, they want something from him that he's not. You know, they really want him to be a scorer. He's... He's not. He's not a scorer. He's a talented enough scorer. He could score goals yeah. here and there and make plays. And and I saw actually in the World Cup of hockey, he, he looked really good at times playing with other skilled players. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, you know, there are four teams in the Metro that would give you a lot for him just oh, yeah. just to try to shut down Malkin, right? Like there's you're looking at you know you're looking at a really he's a very valuable player, and I don't think he's going to go anywhere. And I, I think no. I think he's one of the less touchable players on the Flyers if there's such a thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, Although she wouldn't believe that. <laughs> but, um, go there we go. Anyway, continue. Here's the second point. Okay. So <laughs> I, I had to look it up yesterday because I felt in my mind that Ivan Provorov is being way overused. And we all know this just by optics. And yeah. you know, somebody brought up to me Zach Wierenski, And I looked it up. And, yes, he has even more average time on the ice than Zach Wierenski. Provorov's got 2149 and Wierenski is like 21.04. So even John Tortorella has pulled Wierenski back just a little. And, and I feel like the Flyers need to do that too. Like everybody could say, you know, well, that first goal wasn't his fault. Fine. You know, the stick got lost. It happens. And then, and then he got a nice goal. And he gets a nice goal because, you know what, he doesn't try to get a fancy big-time wind-up on the one-timer. He finds a lane, he shoots, he scores. That's a smart move. But on the PK, he was completely gassed. Yeah. He couldn't even move the puck away where it was an easy play to move it away and gave up a goal. And and so, look, he's a minus 10 on the year. I'm not saying he's having a bad year. He's having a great year. I'm saying the coach is overusing him mightily, and there are times when he could play the second power play less. There's times when he could definitely get a few ships off a game 
Because I'm telling you down the stretch, this is not helpful for this kid. Everybody's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, if Shane Gostaspear has to give up minutes to a rookie, then that's an indictment on Shane Gostaspear and every other defenseman. And yeah. everybody would probably say it is. But I still, if I'm the coach, I've got to distribute those minutes a little more evenly because it's just too much for a kid. He'll never admit it either. Or it's a commentary on Hackstall having not as much confidence in Gostaspear as he does in a in a 19-year-old in Profarov. Oh, there's no question that. I mean, that it's what it tells all of us. Yeah, and that's and that's I think and I think that's you know Profarov is just a, is is a way better defensive player than Gostaspear. There's no yes. question about it. I mean, that's not even fair on Gostaspear necessarily because guys, that's not what Gostaspear is. No. You know? But when you have this mix of players, then give Andy McDonald a couple more minutes. Like I, you know, you can't set up your team so that. To me, the two hardest positions in hockey are goaltender and number one defenseman. Those yeah, right. are the two hardest positions. And now you're you're asking a kid to take the most minutes, and he's getting minutes like big time veteran ten year guys are getting in the league. Yeah. Here, here's here's the question, and we can apply this to the entire playoff scenario right now. We've got less than three weeks left to go in the regular season. Anywhere between ten to twelve games for every team. Yeah. Is six points an over, is six points too much to overcome to make the playoffs? Because right now in the West, you have Nashville and St. Louis six points up on the Kings. Yeah. And the Flyers we were just talking about, they're six points behind Toronto for the, the last wild card spot in the yeah. East. If it's too much, then obviously then then you know right now the the race is down to the second wild card. I don't think it's too much. I think there's enough there's enough time that these teams can still climb back into the races. Lose yeah. five in a row, win five in a row. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's really what has to happen. You got to go on a streak of some kind if you're gonna if you're gonna pick up ground right now. This is this is the time when you just have to go, you know, six or seven in a row, you know, type of thing. And your it's last. It's hard to count teams out. They really have to be almost like ten points out. Yes, it is. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, the you know, the Flyers five points out, you know, but played, you know, they, they also, the Leafs have a game in hand on them. So. Right. right. And, and Carolina six points out, but they have the same number of games. So, and yeah. Carolina has played a lot better recently. Now yeah, I'll tell you what, Jordan Stahl hit it on all cylinders last night in the locker room though. That game, they didn't do anything in the first, which they didn't. They played a dominating second. I mean, they dominated yeah. the second in the third. They had their moments but he was completely unhappy with the way the team played. And I don't blame him because I think he knows he's been in this league long enough. He remembers winning that if you're a team that is supposed to win, you can't give up two goals like that the yeah. way they did. Now the connecting one was lucky and people, some people didn't like that. I put that, Hey, he got it. You know, hit, luck was on his side when I posted a picture last night, but it really was now yeah. good work. Good hard work leads to luck, but he admitted it. He goes, look, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even know that goal was mine. <laughs> yeah, no, he just he's yeah, no, I mean there's nothing there's nothing insulting about calling no. people lucky. That's the one thing that people in the NHL they don't seem to sometimes you know people are like, Oh, you know, you're insulting and not insulting. You have you no. do create your own luck. I'm completely hundred percent in in the fact that you have to be in the right place at the right time to be yes. lucky. Yeah, and yeah, and it takes a lot to get lucky. I mean, you know, um, which is not something that happens, you know, every day. So no, uh, no. talking about the West for a second, I mean the the LA Kings They've had to come up big to get back in this race. Yeah. They've lost three. They've lost three of their last four games. They lost a point to Arizona. They lost the head-to-head to St. Louis. They they beat a bad Buffalo team. They they got destroyed by Calgary. You know, they're still in it. They're still they're still six points behind. But 
I mean, if they, they can have an easy schedule, but they have to win these games, you know. And right. looking at this, looking at the West, you, know, you can see it here. You know, the standings are what they are. In Chicago, um, you know, really, this is this that the Minnesota Wild losing five games in a row is 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 not something you can just glaze over. I mean, I think that that's a big issue, if for no other reason than the fact that the Wild don't want to play the Blues in the first round. You know, that's like that's not a game they want to play. So. I mean, I do think that they would beat the Blues in the first round, but it's a, it's a, they'd much rather play Nashville or Edmonton. So, you know, I think when it all comes down to it, that's where they'd rather go. L.A., you're right. I mean, they don't have a really great shot at this, you know, in any way, shape, or form, but they're the, but they're the only team that has a chance at all. And, right. you know, but besides that, you have your eight playoff teams, you know, like that's the Kings. And the Kings that was lost against Calgary was devastating to them. And that, and that even to, to put them out of my projected standings, you know, where they had been in that, in that third. But what happens if Nashville loses five in a row and they win five in a row? Right. I mean, the Predators are the team I think they can catch now. I think that's, I think that's really, and it, I mean, it's beyond the fact that simply they're only, you know, they're six points behind the Predators and 10 points behind the Oilers. So. And Russ, that's not impossible losing five in a row, winning five in a row. I mean, we saw what Philadelphia did last year, but it's almost, almost, we're getting almost an act of God territory. We're getting to the yeah. point where. Yeah, where you know you're you're, you're like a, a massive injury, you know something like for if Pekka Rene goes down for Nashville, then that well, here's happens. the thing. Okay, so now you're bringing up the one thing that probably Oilers fans don't want me to bring up is the insane amount of games that Cam Talbot has played. Yeah. Yes, and Orlov has played four games, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Oilers it's, have a tough schedule too. The Oilers don't have it easy. They you know they're not in it by a long shot. They have to win a couple more games here in the next in the next you know few games. He's well over sixty games. Like he is in hobby bullying territory. He's going to play seven yeah. seventy games. To me, yeah. when I look at the look at both of the wild card races, you know, you look in the you really have to look at the, this column here, the goal differential column, because that sort of gives you an idea of of the teams that really have a shot. Because you can see, yeah. okay, the Kings are minus four, Jets fall off at minus thirteen, but then you go to minus thirty eight. So the Jets. You know, they're really not in it, but they they have a little bit of a shot. They're ten points out, right? But then you go to the East, and it's it's even more predominant. Look at this. So you go through this, Rangers. How about hey, a, let's stop uh, at the Rangers just for a minute because forty two team in the wild card is they, right now to show how bad the crossover is and these standings are and the structure is. They're like the greatest wild card team in the history of the NHL. Oh yeah. No, they are a legitimate twenty games over five hundred. Um, like, they would be winning just, other divisions. <laughs> although it's very possible yeah. that the, the second and third best team in the NHL will be this will be this matchup right here between the um, they would Blue be they would, the they would be three points ahead of Montreal right now. Yeah, and that's why. Right. So that's in there. But then you look. Okay, so the Islanders minus eight. That's still Tampa minus three. Then it falls. Then the Flyers are minus twenty-seven. All right, and the rest of the way here, you're looking at teams in minus twenty. So to me, this is really, you know, this is the Lions. Tampa, 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 and the Islanders have a shot. But that's it. They're they're three they're three points ahead of Montreal. Russ playing a tougher schedule because they're playing Columbus. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. No, and that's that's why I said they're like the greatest wild card team in the history of wild card teams right now. Yeah, so Montreal making winning the division, which now it looks like they really will after this weekend. I mean, they really that was a because those were the toughest games Montreal had left were against the Ottawa Senators, um, and now it gets easy for them. They you know they're going to run away with it now, not run away with it, but they they've got yeah they should be able to win it. I don't think it, but honestly, do they want to? I mean, that's like that's the crazy thing. I mean, they're gonna. <laughs> why would you play the Rangers? Instead of the Bruins, I mean, or I mean, or you know, potentially the Leafs or somebody else that's going to fall in there. Well, I mean, 
well, let's look at the looks like I think they what? want the Rangers. I told you. I think they've built themselves to play the Rangers. They, 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 they would win that series according to my thing, but I think that that's, that's not a series you want to play. I mean, they, they do have good success against the Rangers. They have built themselves to play against the Rangers. I mean, Lundqvist isn't great in Montreal, as we know. Yeah. Well, I, I want to move on to some things because I've got a lot to do here. Hang on, Mike had a, I think Mike had a quick Mike, go ahead with your point. Yeah, no, no, I was just, just going to say, over the over the weekend, Tampa Bay stumbled. They played Washington. They, they came back. Then Washington took yep. the lead. So they didn't they didn't gain any ground. The Islanders lost, uh, got a point, lost in, in the overtime to Columbus. The Leafs, uh, a valiant effort against Chicago, but they lose in overtime. So really, the the, the wild card race is stagnant right now. I yeah. I think that Florida is, I mean, Florida is on the verge of being done just simply because they're they're playing terribly. And 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 again, Ryan, I, you know, unless Luongo comes back, I just don't see any way that they can consistently win because they're not getting great goaltending from Reimer and they're not scoring. So so. Right. But here's the other thing too, Mike. I think the signing of Keith Yandel was a complete failure. I'm willing to say that year one. I am oh, because yeah, yeah, no. I don't see what he's doing for them. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. And 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 you know, I I believe I don't I think that Ekblad is still out. I mean, and yes. it, the, the, I mean with Ekblad out, clearly you know he could fill that role. But otherwise, I watch him out there, and he is just lost in the shuffle defensively, especially. Okay, so um, I want to talk. One of the things we're going to be doing, and I apologize for not really telling you much about this, guys, before we started, but it was my blog, and it's not a hard thing to do. Is um, and so, and it's it's kind of nice sometimes for you guys not to have too much. I know you don't pr probably want that, but no, you know, I'm not going to give any 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 lead up here. We are going to be picking expansion. I, I'm putting this thing through called expansion bill. So I'm going to be having between now and the expansion draft, I'm going to be throwing teams out there once in a while in blogs. Mm -hmm. Um, and today I put the Bruins out there. Um, and I want to go through a couple thoughts with the Bruins, rumor-wise, that I've heard, and um, and then you know, then we'll talk. Then we will we will do what the what the fans have done and actually make our selections, um, and then see what the see what the fans have said and see who the you know the hockey buzz community thinks the Bruins should protect, okay. um, and therefore see who's available. Um, rumors first off, um, the Bruins are very concerned about their defense um, in this expansion draft, and you know they have you know they don't have they they don't have a whole lot of. Um, they can only protect two players because Char is protected, right? Char has to be protected. So you're he has no move. Yeah, so he has to be protected. And really, when you look at it, there's no way. And by the way, I'm trying to find the answer to this question, too, because I talked to somebody today. What happens if you have a goal, if you have two goalies with no movement clauses? I don't know that that's happened. No but team has that, though. No. no. Yeah, but what if someone traded for that? I mean, there's, there's – They probably can't. Yeah, well, maybe. They, once, a no, no. once a new mo, a no move clause is traded, it drops off. And it drops off. That's right. Permanently, yes, yes. Because he waived because he waived the no move clause. But I've been told that I anyway. I, I know it's, I know I know it's debatable because there are some people who think that yes. I've that, been told that it's that it's actually there. It's actually there are different no movement clauses in contracts that some do fall off, some don't. So I don't know. I'm not sure. What regardless, no, that's well, what, it's not probably not going to happen. So let's not worry about it. The Bruins have really what's going to happen is it's anybody who has a got a team with at least one or two. Everybody has a team with like two no movement clauses, maybe three. The Bruins have four. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the Bruins have Bergeron, Backets, Krejci, and Chara. Mm -hmm. Right. Obviously, Krejci is the one they wouldn't mind moving um, contract wise, even though he's, he's played well for them and he's still a good player. But you know, Chara, they they're not going to move Chara because you know they wouldn't do that to Chara. They would they would right. be up to Chara. He's got you know, and Backus they just signed, so they're not going to move Backus. Bergeron is obviously their 
you know, he's their best player. So, I mean, arguably this year, but, you know, he's Bergeron. So that puts them in a spot where, you know, you have this whole thing where you can either take seven forwards, right, three defensemen and a goalie, or just eight skaters of any kind and a goalie. Right. There's really no reason if you've got a couple of no movement clause guys that anyone will go with the eight skaters and a goalie because it really it really puts you into a spot because if, if, if you have four players, it becomes four four skaters and a goalie now. The the only way that you're going to go with eight skaters and a goalie is if you want to protect more than three defense. Four, right. Four right. Defense. And if you look at the if you look at the Bruins defense they right don't. now, they th- there's no reason. No, not none at all. Right. So let's look. I'm going to bring this up here so we can look at their forwards. And we're going to have to pick three guys here. So mm-hmm. let's go through this and uh, – be a fun little exercise because I think that this is something that people are starting to. You, it's really confusing, and I think. Well, how many I, NHL games do you have to have in? To well, be- I, I did the work on that, so I've got the players here. That okay. You have to worry about okay. So these are the players. So um, I'm going to go because well, I think we should talk about defense too. Yeah, well, defense is defense is second. So uh, this right. it's going to be forwards, defense, and goalie. The way this thing sets up, so you've got to protect three of these guys, and obviously Brad Marchand is going to be protected, right? Yeah. Um, you know, then after that, um, Pasternak. And I and I think I think Ryan Spooner under under Cassidy will get protected because I think you know he fits more with the up tempo game that they're playing now rather than what they were playing against with uh, with Claude Julian there. I think that's fair. Right. So let's go with Spooner, and now we get one more guy. Um, I I think that they would let they would expose Matt Bolesky. Because the I don't know about that. Can I see the list one more time? Okay, so it's 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 Ferlin, Bolesky, Dominic Moore, Jimmy Hayes, Zach Ronaldo, Drew Stafford. Tyler no, they're going to keep Bolesky because I heard Cassidy saying the other day, like when Bolesky went out there and fought, that right. he also likes his toughness, and so I think they're going to keep Bolesky. All right, so well, we'll submit that. Yeah, guys, I mean, guys like Nash and Jimmy Hayes qualify for the forty seventy rule, so that right. gives them two forwards that they have enough games. So that would be that would work. All right, so now we're going to go to two defenders, okay? Um, and uh, so you've got they only get to keep two of these guys because Chara, remember this? They've got McQuaid, Lyles, Krug, Grant, Harnison, Miller, Casto, Cross, Kevin Miller, Colin Miller, and Kevin Miller, and um, and Joe Murray, right? So I mean, Kevin Miller, they'd sign to like what an extra three years after this year. Really like I think it's going to be Kevin Miller and Krug. Correct. Krug, yeah, I would say that's true too. So Carlo hasn't played enough games is what I guess. No, he's exempt. Right. Yeah, he's exempt. Yep. He's That's exempt. what I was thinking. But okay. Yeah. I went through and got all that. And then your goalie, you got to protect one goalie is going to be Rask. So. Right. Yeah. That's okay. easy. But that does expose Subban and, and you know, Anton. Mm-hmm. So, so what? So what, right? Okay. So here we go. Um, there's the survey and where is the results? Huh. That's pretty funny. So the results, I got to make it so the results show up. Sorry about that. Um, I will do that. I think we did it. I mean, I think that. I'll, I'll fix that in a second. I think that those picks were pretty easy on this team. This is like relatively so. easy. There's no real big. So the players that you know that are that are most susceptible from this, I would say Kevin Hayes is susceptible. Yeah, but they're not in love with Kevin Hayes, right? Jimmy. So I'm saying guys that you know, never one of these guys is going to be on Vegas. So let's see. Right. So I mean, so let's pick the player that we think is going to go to Vegas in this situation. And I think you know, I have Kevin Hayes, Malcolm Subban, Jimmy Hayes, Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes. It's Jimmy Hayes. I'm sorry. Shoot. Jimmy yeah, Hayes. Kevin Hayes is the Ranger. All right. Why did it? Jimmy Hayes, right? Thanks. Jimmy Hayes, uh, Malcolm Subban, and uh, I think Colin Miller a little bit. I think that he's also a player that – I think they're going to go with Hayes because he's big and he scored some goals in this league. And yeah. he's, young. he's young. And he's young. He's young, right. So there he goes. So that, 
not he's not ridiculously expensive. He's only making two point three million dollars, so that 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 will be a plus for for Vegas. Not not having you know an argument against a guy like Krejci, even though Krejci is good, is seven million bucks. I don't yeah. think they want to take many of these unless it's a guy who they can flip and have for one year. That's like if that's why like Rick Nash with the Rangers. If he a very difficult team in this would be the Rangers. Yes. Yeah, no, we'll be doing the Rangers tomorrow. I want to do the Rangers tomorrow. Um, It'll okay. be difficult. So I'm going to pop in Jimmy Hayes, fix this. Now I'm going to tell you something, the interesting rumor that I heard on this team. There's a couple, there's a couple here. So yeah. first off, um, after I make Jimmy, Kevin, Jimmy, here we go. All right. Um, I can't believe I did that. And I was like thinking to myself as I'm doing this, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. It's not Kevin Hayes. Anyway, my mind's losing it. Um, but that's not important to anybody else. So here we go. Um, Krejci. Um, they, they they're gonna try to move Krejci. Um, I've heard I've heard they really they really would like to move Krejci. I don't think they're gonna, they're gonna eat half his salary. He's on half his salary. They could offer him to Vegas. Like this, that's a player that they could you know they eat part of their salary. Vegas, it's not a bad player for Vegas to pick up. I don't think McPhee will do it. Yeah, no. And it, like I said, it's one thing if it's a one year hit. It's right. one thing if he's a free agent in 2018. Then yes, because they got to reach a minimum salary requirement. He's not even a marketable player. Yeah, Krejci is signed through 2021. That's right. an albatross. That's an anchor. Yeah, but if it depends. Now you're right. I mean, obviously you're right if it's the whole contract. But if we're if we're talking about the okay, let's they, say even they, they do need. A, he is an exciting player. I mean, there are. They, he's not marketable. You, he's not know. selling jerseys. Yeah, he's. He might be in a situation like that. No way. Well, no I, way. I, I, I no way. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, they gotta have some. I mean, Krejci among these players, I don't. I don't agree. Well, with I'll, that. I'll, I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you the the scenario where Krejci is moved. Krejci is moved for, to another team that has another player who's making Just big like money. That. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crap for crap. Not to say that Krejci don't call crap. Him crap. He's a good player. He no, is. no, no. I, I, I just said not to say that he's. Yeah. But but big big contract for big yeah. big contract. That's the only way he gets moved. He that that contract is is a bad deal. But and I'll tell you what, Eck, if I have a choice and I'm Vegas and the two calls I get, one's about Nash if Nash were to agree to it, and one's about Krejci, I'm taking Nash because he is marketable. He's a bigger player and he's only got one year left. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's true. He's marketable too. I agree with that. Um, I've also heard though that you know. They are going to go to Chara and talk to him. You know, now whether or not he wants to go somewhere or not is the question. But you know, I don't think he's going to go to Vegas. But he, you know, there he is a marketable player, obviously. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean he is. He is. He's a marketable player. But and but the thing is, I, I I mean, I've watched him three or four games the last couple of weeks. He's still effective. He's still. Yeah. Still got yeah. something. It's only one more year on that contract. It's and it's not at six million. It's I think in the four four million dollars. Boston needs to keep him based on the fact that some of their good defensemen that they drafted are still a couple years away. He, they still need him to bridge the gap. Now one one thing one thing that I just heard brought up and it's a possibility. Uh, we've seen how Chara has sort of tutored Brandon Carlo. Uh, there's talk that after the Frozen Four, after uh, 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 BU or BC. Whoever um, um, Charlie McAvoy plays for, I think it's BU, right? Yeah. Um, after they get eliminated, or after they no, no, he's BC. You do this every time. He's <clears throat> yeah. After after he's either eliminated or they win, 
that uh, McAvoy might be signed and might step right back right into the in the into the Bruins lineup. And that's a guy you know who's more of an offensive defenseman, a puck carrying guy who you want a ch- partner with. The uh, only thing about that is is that I was talking to somebody that knows his family and said that his plan was to go there for at least two years. Okay. And so while I agree with you that I thought that that was going to be the case, now I'm thinking it's going to be hard to um, – no, he is um, He is BU. Okay. It was somebody else we were getting mixed up with that. Uh, Colin, Colin White's BC, correct? That's right. Colin White's BC. And, so, and, and, and Colin White might sign with Ottawa. Yeah, I think BC is out now, I think. Yes, they are. BC so, is out. But the thing is, yes, so with, with McAvoy – I think he's going to end up shooting it down for another year. Right, right. I mean, I think I think it's about a 50-50 proposition based on what we're looking at, that it's either Hayes or Miller. Because you got to remember, defensemen are not going to be easy for Vegas to get their hands on. So right. if, it's an equal, if it's an equal thing, if it's Colin Miller, Jimmy Hayes, and you're, you think about that, you're gonna you might go with the defenseman because you may not get defensemen in other places. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. Again, Hayes gives you that size, speed, goal scoring, and I agree. And youth, and that's somebody that they could actually market. They could market him to the to the fan base, saying, "Hey, look, we got somebody who's young here. We're gonna re-sign him after the season." You know, like they could sell Jimmy Hayes to the fans. I agree. Yeah, no, I think they could. I think they could too. So yeah, that's a good one. I um. I'm trying to find the uh, stats for this thing, so I, I'll put the stats out later. I apologize for that. I, did, I usually do um, polls, and I did a survey this time, so I'm not quite sure how it works. I apologize for the fact that the stats don't show up there. I really, yeah, I thought I saw the poll. I'm, that, that's weird. That's weird. Did you see it? I thought I did. I though because I was okay. Uh, let me go back. Maybe let me see. Let me. I see. think while you're searching for that, we definitely need to talk about the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Start ahead. Because Hockey Night in Canada had a little piece that they leaked out because they wanted to tease everybody with Eugene Melnick and and Eugene Melnick basically saying, why in the world would I send Eric Carlson to play when the league is going on possibly and he's going to play against Canada and I'm Canadian. Yeah. As usual. Saying this all along act. This is the, this is the issue. As usual, Eugene Melnick put his foot in his mouth. As usual, no, um, I don't think he did. Actually, no, because because I mean, he, what what he I mean, his supposedly his argument was was I don't want my star player going to the Olympics. But then he brought right. the, the Canadian parochialism in there. He did. And said, well, he's a Swede, and I don't why. Why should I have him go and play for Sweden against Canada? You you don't admit that. Which but at least he's honest. No, no. But at least he's honest. Here's the thing: he's not getting any younger. He wants to win. Elliot Friedman cited when Hashik got hurt. It's a fair point, and he doesn't want to go through that again, and he's not the only owner that feels that way. Now, it's interesting because uh, Bob McKenzie this morning was doing a spot on Toronto Radio and indicated that apparently there were owners in the league who were pissed off at Gary Bettman for even offering the thing to the PA where they would go to the Olympics if they extended the, the CBA for three years. There are so many – there are owners in the league that are that – that against going to the Olympics, that even get extending labor peace for three more years is not enough for them to I go to the Olympics. Now, that did, to me, that tells me they're not going because if he's, got going. A blo- if he's got a block of owners that won't even go with that little uh, cherry on top of the Sunday, I mean, you would think a lot of owners want to con- want to continue this this agreement 
three more years. They're not it's, going. They're just looking for the right time to tell everybody they're not going. No, That's okay. really what yeah. we're down to, I think. But the, but the interesting part about this is the other part that Friedman sort of glossed over because he didn't really have, want to cover it now because we know it's coming, and I know I've mentioned it two or three times, is what possible consequences would a team have if they let players go? You know, what would happen to the player? What would happen to the team? I think it's going to be a dual full thing because we all know Ted Leonsis is going to let two players go. And if he does that, there will be probably a fine to the team and some sort of suspension to the players. You can mark it down. I don't think it will be financial to the players. I think it will be games missed because I think that's what the owners well, are going to be. It could be cash, like the All-Star it doesn't. It's not a threat. It could be like the All-Star game where if you miss the All-Star game, you're going to have to sit out a couple games. But right. it, a couple games is not going to be enough. I think it will be more than that, Mike. And here's the thing. I bet you it will be 10. I bet you cash, be 10. Yes. I think it might be 5 or 10. Cash is, the, is no longer a threat because let's say they say cash, right? The Russian Ice Hockey Federation is going to be like, come on, Malcolm, we'll pay your way. Come on, Ovi, right. we'll pay your way. I mean, that's cash is no good. It has to be games. It has to be games. I agree. Yeah. It has to be. And that's that's – yeah, that's it. Just has to be. I totally. Agree. No, 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 we're 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 apparently coming up upon a, a, basically a drop dead date without there being yeah. a date because I, uh, from what you know, uh, Mackenzie said earlier, uh, apparently like the IIHF and the IOC they need deposits for the hotels in South Korea within I think two to three weeks, and once that date passes, if they don't put deposits down, they're not getting the luxury accommodations. So we know that that's an important part of things. Well, I gave you a date too, Mike. I'm going to be at a press conference at in in Manhattan that basically is from the Olympic Travel Bureau, and you're going to be talking about selling tickets to the Winter Olympics and what they're doing and how it's going to work out. And if they don't have an answer from a certain – you know. If they don't have an answer from the NHL, I have a feeling it's going to be a very interesting conversation when they try and bring it up. That's yeah. the last Saturday of the regular season, Russ, and I'll bet you anything. If you don't, if there's no news at that press conference, that the, the following Monday – because remember, there's that two days in between right. playoffs, right. at the end of the regular season and the playoffs – I'll bet you anything that that Monday or that Tuesday we'll get the we'll get the announcement that they're not going. Actually, it's April fifth. Is okay. the uh, that's middle then, but but middle of the week. But I could see what you're. It, it could happen. Yeah. Just before that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's check into tonight's games because um, we're going to be ending directly at two o'clock today. Okay. Um, so I want to check into tonight's games and get to our get to our lottery simulator as well in the last fifteen minutes here. Um, all right, so tonight we the, in, uh, you know one thing about the condensed schedule is you have more games on Monday than you ever had before. I'll give you that. That's true. Yeah, you know, we, Mondays used to suck, and now they are actually are. <laughs> it usually, there's like one or two games on Monday. In yeah, real life, yeah. Mondays still suck, but for hockey, they're better. They still suck, <laughs> yeah, for hockey, they're a little bit better. So we have, like nobody's yeah. ever happy. Like, is there one person on earth you've ever said, "Hey, I'm so glad it's Monday"? No, no, or, except no. for the people who are uh, you know who work <laughs> who work weekends. Like I, 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 I remember you know as, as a waiter. That's true. Yeah, as a rest, as a hotel person, you probably didn't mind Mondays as much either. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I did have Mondays off, but that's a long time ago. Yep. There are two major games tonight. Um, two of two of the five, but there there's two games, and then there's one that you know does play into it as well, of course. But you really have the Bruins and Maple Leafs in a real showdown. Um, I know you're heading up there, Mike, right after this. Um, and this this is a this is going to be a heck of a game, and and this you know the Bruins are playing so well right now, the Maple Leafs are playing so well right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a hard one. This is a hard one to call. Well, I, I mean, 
you look at it a few ways. The, the Bruins have had three days off. They they're finishing. They had that Western Canada road swing. They won two of three. Um, you know, apparently there's a little flu going around through the room. Bacchus is a game time decision. Bergeron had a maintenance day, but they're both expected to play. The Leafs have gone three and zero against the Bruins this year. They they, they yeah. It's been it's been the Leafs' speed against the slower Bruins, but the Bruins aren't as slow as they were earlier in the no, season. They're not it's playing. It's a little different now. Yeah, it's a little different. And Marchand is the hottest player in the league. But it's going to be Marchand against Kalmaroff, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, it's, be. that's that is going to be the matchup to watch. It's going to be the Bergeron Bacchus. A Marchand line against Komarov, Kadri, and Connor Brown. Yeah, that will be where the game is decided. It, a lot of shenanigans a lot, on those. A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of carving. There'll be more carving than there is on Thanksgiving, Russ. I mean, it's it's really going to be. Now, what I would expect too on defense is they're probably going to play a zone because unless they're going to have Carlo cover Matthews, which Carlo's done it before in his career. Yeah. They probably won't do that. They'll probably play his own because clearly Chara can't cover Matthew. Well, this this is the, this is the thing, and I noticed this in, in, on Saturday when they when the Leafs played the, the the Hawks. And Babcock has started to do this the last few weeks, and I think it may eventually be to their detriment. But 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 the thing is, he really has no choice. They're playing essentially five defensemen. Yeah. By by early in the third period, they sit like whoever the number six is, Mar Marchinko or Marinson, yeah. and they go with five defensemen. Tonight, Connor Carrick comes back in the lineup, but I think even with him back in the lineup, they're going to do the same thing. And you're you're exposing Jake Gardner, and we know Jake Gardner. Like, he's playing against second line, third lines, he's okay. If he's playing against top lines, he gets exposed. And he's been getting exposed more and more often recently. And you're t not talking exactly talking about a, a deep defensive core, and they're playing 5D almost 20 minutes a night. So Something, something I would do if I, were, if I were the Leafs is I would – Matthews is so great at really gaining the offensive zone with a head of steam. I would have him do that – to the corner, let Chara follow him, and and then get the dish to puck to his other line mates because I think Chara that's Chara's only play. He can't well, keep. Neilander had a big game against the Bruins. Uh, the the yeah. game that they won six five in, in Boston. He I think he scored a hat trick that game and yeah. he was flying all over the place. So, but again, this is a different Bruins team. They have a two line offensive attack. Pasternak mm -hmm. on one line, Marchand on the other line, and the Leafs. Had didn't have any problems with the, with the uh, with the Hawks on Saturday until Joel Quenville, as he usually does, he puts Panarin, Kane, and Taves together, and yeah. that line was uncontrolled. They could not control that line yeah, at all. No, it's sick. It's crazy. And I will tell you that the big matchup problem for the Leafs is going to be Pasternak. Like that's going to be yeah yeah that's going to be a big problem for them. That'll probably and Pasternak would probably end up going up against. I would probably think the Bozak Van Riemsdyk Marner line. Marner is a pretty but good. Which defensive player. pairing will be out there? Well, see, that's a, that's the thing. It's like yeah. you you pick your poison. It's either going to be Riley and Carrick, or it's going to be Polak and Hunwick. It's yeah. either way. It's not. It's not a great matchup, but. No. But you know Boston's got to worry about the matchups against the Leafs forwards too. So that's going to be it's going to be a I think it's going to be a really exciting game, a really interesting. Yeah, it's, game. it's a it's a great it's a playoff game. You know tonight it's a good matchup. It really is going to feel like a playoff game. I have um, the Buzztron nine thousand for what it's worth, who had a little bit of a rebound last night with a good night. Um, Buzztron nine thousand. Yeah, I call it the Buzztron nine thousand. That's my. <laughs> it sounds like it was made at Radio Shack. It yeah. does, doesn't it? Um, has the has the Maple Leafs winning this one in regulation and. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. They, uh, but you know, and they better, you know, because right now it doesn't have the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. So 
um, they have to, uh, if they lose well, this game, that, that, that works against them. You don't want to lose games you're supposed to win on the Buzztron 9000. Like I, told, I told you, the, the, the Leafs have, the of these teams, they have the toughest schedule yeah. of any of them. So, you know, it's Boston, then they go to Columbus on Wednesday, then they go, they come yeah. back against against New Jersey. New Jersey may not be tough, but, you know, they, they've, They've, now they can always be a problem. I mean, but Anderson kept them in that game against Chicago. There were times when the Leafs were completely against the ropes. And Anderson Anderson's played really well. He's come he yeah. has come through for them. But the thing is, like we were talking about with Cam Talbot, he's gonna he's gonna end up playing sixty five to sixty eight sometimes. You know, that type of you know, McElhaney may play one more game for the rest of the year, and you know that's I mean that's Boston's more than schedule too though. I mean Boston yeah, and a hard schedule so. Boston's not easy. Ottawa, Tampa, the Islanders, Nashville, Dallas, Florida, Chicago, Tampa, Ottawa, Washington. That's a tough schedule. That's a tough schedule. I yeah, mean, the last, last game against Washington may be easy for them. The, la- the last four games, you know, they end, the, they end the season at home, but the last four games at home are Washington, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Columbus. But like I said, Washington on that last one, they'll sit some guys. Yeah, for, well, yeah. yeah it's early, it's, it's, for it's too early to do that, Russ. It's too early. Well, oh, it's the last game of the season. No, 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 no. The that's that one was like a like a week, a week. Oh like, no, then it is too early. No, yeah. Boston. The Boston's against Washington is is on the no. eight, the last game of the season for the Cavs. No, no, I, I was talking about Toronto. I was talking about Toronto. Yeah. Oh no, we're talking about Boston, Mike. Get your mind Okay. Yeah, we were talking about Boston. So yeah, I think no, so I'm saying Washington will sit some guys in that game. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that'll help Boston there. So you know that that's probably in goal too. Boston's yeah. got a good, a, a really tough schedule. I mean that, and this has happened to Boston last year too. They got their really tough schedule. The other game tonight is LA and Edmonton. Um, this is LA's last hurrah. LA's got to win this game flat out. It's just they have to win it more for not to catch Edmonton, but more to to narrow the lead on Nashville or St. Louis to four points because yeah, right. they need two points. That's what it is. And Nashville has Arizona tonight, so. Uh, that's the other thing. So that plays into it as well. And, you know, Nashville, my, 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 the Buzztron 9000 has Nashville winning um, in regulation and LA winning in regulation. But, um, you know, that's, it's hard to go with LA right now. In, in my own head, I wouldn't be picking LA in this game because they just, the Edmonton, it's, this feels like an Edmonton game, but the Kings I mean, have good, good luck against the um, Oilers can, over the past couple of years. I, can we? I mean, I, I have to. I have to question Dean Lombardi for the yeah. move that he made at the deadline, simply because this team is not scoring, and everybody knew that they could not score. Yeah. And yet he goes out and and trades a, a prospect defenseman to get Ben Bishop. I know because of Quick and his and his groin, yeah. but they, yeah. they they only got they only got a Ginla, and a Ginla is not the a Ginla of ten years ago. They didn't add any any offense, and they needed to add offense. And I think that's going to end up being the de- to the detriment of the Kings. I'll tell you what the detriment of the Kings is: it's Marion Gabrick having nine goals and eighteen points in forty eight games. That's Play- to the detriment. Playing first line, playing yeah. with Kopitar most He's of the time. Him. He's no, killing them. He's killing them. They're a they're a one they're a, they're a, I mean okay Kopitar what does he have six goals and you're paying him ten million dollars. Uh, he does other things. Jeff I Carter literally, and you know I hate giving Jeff Carter credit. He carried them for weeks. Oh yeah, yeah and Gabarek has been horrible too. I mean, that's what I said. Yeah, Gabarek is. Gabarek, the average guy. He said, "I'm sorry." Sorry. No, no, it was Gabarek. And our NHL lottery simulator here. Okay. Yeah. Tavoli is not having a good game. Uh, not, good at all. Either. No. not at all. So sorry we're getting out of here early today, but we have a couple things we have to get out of two directly today. Um, so, it's only 145. Eck, look behind you. It's, yeah, I know. 
that's you know it's it's the time change between Pennsylvania and New Jersey, Russ. You know that one. <laughs> Fifteen minutes different here. Um, okay, so let's go to the draft lottery simulator today. See if our Avalanche can finally get something going here, man. So bad for the Avalanche. They have really struggled in the in in every which way, including the draft lottery simulator this year. Here we go. The winner is coming up. Ah, the Jersey Devils. There you go. Man, followed by the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche. Jeez, I mean the Avalanche and the and the Arizona Coyotes just continue to get screwed in this thing. I mean, Jersey Devils will take Nolan Patrick and walk away and say thanks very much. Yeah. Yes. The Devils haven't had a first overall pick, have they? Uh, yeah, even Brodeur wasn't first overall. I can't think of a time that they've had the first. Well, Kirk overall. Muller was second overall. Yeah. yeah. Or even that played for them, right? Or Bobby, Bobby Carpenter, I guess he was a first. Carpenter may have been first overall. No, he wasn't. No? no. Okay. Kovalchuk was first overall, but he was with yeah, he wasn't have. with that team. Right, right. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't think you know. Top of my head, they may not have ever had one. I don't think they've ever had the first pick overall in the draft. Yeah, that. Um, I think they did when they were Colorado. I think Wolf Paymal was. Well, you can't count that, Mike. Well, it's that it's the same organization. No, we're just talking Jersey Devil. Yeah. No, no, no. They haven't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so big. I'll be back this afternoon with other. I wanted. I'll also touch on Rowdy Love for a second. Wait, you're doing a show without us. Sorry. No. 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 That's what you know. That's how the Beatles went the wrong way. All of a sudden, everybody had to do a solo album. Yeah. Then, well, you know, I got my Yoko Ono over here. So. Uh huh. Uh -huh. All right. So um, Rowdy. That's the way it is, huh? I want to touch base on Rowdy Love for two minutes. Um, talked okay. to a source yesterday. Had a really interesting discussion with them. Um. There are the rumors of Radulov demanding an eight-year contract are completely absurd. That is not something he's he, not doing that. He does love Montreal. Um, everything about it. I mean, the fans, the teammates, the culture, the city, his role in the team. I was told, you know, and you, remember, this is the guy who was in Nashville. Bagels, the hot dogs. I get it. Yeah, yeah, you know, the women, smoked meat. Yeah, Shea Perry. Everything about Montreal. She's he's totally yes. Um, so, and then Claude Julien, he also really um, is is a big fan of. So that also has helped too. Um, he does have other options, according to my source, though. And there are other teams in the NHL that, that do want to give him serious money. And there are some of his better friends from Russia that are on those NHL teams. I didn't get any further than that, but... Okay, I, I am just spitballing here. Uh, one, obviously, the home of most Russians is the Washington Capitals. Right. Now, I, I I would struggle to figure out how they could fit him in their salary cap situation because they're not going to be able to sign Oshie. They're not going to be able to sign Williams. You know, yeah. they're probably going to have to choose between Shaq. Hey, the Flyers have gone heavy into Russians the last couple of years. Um, I, 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 I know that he, I believe he was teammates with Nikita Zaitsev in, in, uh, in, in Russia, but I, I haven't picked up on any – Big interest in Radulov with the Leafs. I think the Leafs would love to stab the Canadians. I'll tell you who's drafted a lot of Russians is the Minnesota Wild, but they have cap problems. Yeah, they have yeah. cap problems. So, but there, you know, I, I, there's, um, there's a number of scenarios where you can yeah. see go someplace I'm else. To, I was trying to find out. If, I know there's two Russian groups sort of among players. So sometimes we think Russians are their friends. They're not. Um, and I don't. I've been trying to get to the bottom of whether. And I, for some reason, I think Ovechkin and Radulov are in different are in different groups. For what it's worth, I mean, I don't know. I got to really. Think, check I think if the, if the Rangers were able to move Nash, I could see Radulov being in there playing with Buchnevich. Yeah. That would actually make a lot of sense too. Yeah. Now, Raj, what about Radulov and Malkin? 
Yeah. Yeah. That Penguins, how they would ever find cap space though. That That's like. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the Penguins could pull it off. The Rangers could pull it off if they, if Nash were to go. Kunitz and Dupuis contracts drop off. I mean, they have other people they have to pay. Yeah. They have, they have to pay defensemen. You know, they have, they have a lot of defensemen they have to pay from what I was told. But, um, yep, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Sorry to rush out of there today, but we will be back again tomorrow. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you then. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.